Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. Here on the podcast, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, for lots of free resources for teachers. Download any and all of them right on the homepage, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 158. So I'm recording this on Monday, November 22nd, 2021. It is heading into uh, the Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving here in the U.S. is on Thursday. And uh, it is a Monday. I always record on Mondays, so I have that kind of post-weekend feel, vibe. <laughs> and um, I hope you had a really good weekend. I, I like to really try to make the content I share sort of evergreen in that anytime you listen to it, um, you know, it, it'll work for you. It'll give you information. It's not tied to a specific time or time frame or date. Um, but I always like to just kind of acknowledge where I'm at uh, right now and where, you know, maybe what you're doing right now, getting ready for Thanksgiving, if you're here in the U.S. and uh, just kind of the thoughts that go along with that. So um, I wanted to just start out just by inviting you really inviting you to my new online virtual yoga studio. And I'm, I'm really calling it that because for me uh, and really for the, for the folks who've been coming and I have some people who are really attending regularly, it's really become like a regular studio. And of course the difference is it's virtual, but what I'm finding is that the impact of, of that issue uh, or aspect is really not seemingly affecting anyone in a negative way. And I'll be the first to admit, I was kind of uh, hesitant to, to dive into uh, teaching regularly online. And I know I'm, I'm kind of late to the game, um, but I'm really, really excited about offering classes in this way, making them free, making them 30 minutes, just having a blast theming them in different ways with different names and different themes. Some are anatomical, some are energetic. So I just really want to encourage you to at least come to one and try it and see what you think. Um, the last online class I taught, uh, my mom was there, an old college friend was there. I mean, <laughs> a woman from Frankfurt, Germany was there. I mean, where else, how else could I ever you know, spend time with such a diverse group of people. I, I just don't know. So uh, come to class. You can go to the virtual classes page on my website and you'll see uh, the weekly schedule. I post um, the classes every week. So that's that. The other thing I want to let you know is that on December 11th, 2021, I'm going to be hosting a free virtual event just for yoga teachers called the Bare Bones Yoga 
virtual teacher meetup. And this is going to be a chance for you to pamper yourself with some movement based and meditation and relaxation sessions, as well as hear from other yoga teachers and contribute to some really helpful conversation around how 2021 has been going, what things have been working for you, what things have not been working for you, some planning we'll do um, individually and collectively for next year. And I also have two really cool guest speakers who will be speaking on their areas of expertise. So the registration page for that will open up this week and the event is totally free. So there's no reason for you not to join. It's, it's not gonna be all day. There is going to be a break in the day for you to go get some lunch. Of course, if you're on the East Coast, it'll be lunchtime. Otherwise, it'll just be a break for, for you. Um, it'll pretty much run from like 9 a.m. Eastern time to about 3 p.m. Eastern time. And again, there's a big uh, break in the middle of, of, the, of the event. So I hope you'll mark your calendar for that. It is a Saturday and I hope you'll sign up when um, the registration page opens up this week. It'll be not only on my website, but also I'll announce it here on the podcast and on my Instagram page and my Facebook pages. And so that are those are the two things I wanted to let you know about. And because I mentioned a few moments ago, it's Thanksgiving week here um, in the US. And, you know, because of that, I am really going to be, I guess, more diligent than usual in noting what I'm grateful for this week. And I thought here on the podcast, because most of my listeners are yoga teachers, I would just share some of the things that I'm grateful for from the perspective of my role as a yoga teacher. And maybe these are things that you uh, can relate to that will resonate with you. So I just thought I would share a couple of them. Um, the first thing that I'm grateful for that is just what I shared a moment ago is the opportunity to teach online. Here in Boston, teaching in person is still kind of in, in terms of the conversations I've had with some local studio owners kind of getting itself back on its feet, no pun intended. So. I personally have not found um, a, a lot of opportunities uh, that allow me to teach in person. I'm super grateful for the private students I have that come here to my home studio. Um, and in addition to be able to teach online, as I said, is just an absolute joy. And I'm really finding for me as a yoga teacher, the requirement that I show up uh, to teach um, is really important. You know, teaching, as you guys know, is a skill. It is a skill that you need to keep alive in your body and in your mind. And when you stop doing it regularly and you stop showing up for people, there is a part of you that sort of gets lost. <laughs> and it's not just the issue of being connected to your passion. It's having that gateway open. It's having that, um, that window, that door open that connection to the skills that you have, that um, ability to identify skills that you don't have, that you wanna develop, that ability to connect with people, um, to even to the extent that is available to you to watch their bodies as they move online, um, to create modifications, to create sequences, all of that is only possible when you step forward and put yourself out there with a requirement to show up regularly. And in this post-COVID uh, world, um, I mean, not really post-COVID, but in this current world we're living in <clears throat> and having to factor in 
the pandemic and its effect on yoga teaching opportunities, the ability to teach online is something that I would encourage all of you to do. There's nothing stopping you, absolutely nothing stopping you. So if you're out there and you wanna teach regularly and like me, you were hesitating on doing something online, I would highly encourage you to do it. If you're looking for support, just contact me, send me a DM on Instagram, and I'm happy to do um, a little free coaching with you to get you up and running. Um, the next thing I'm grateful for is being able to connect with other teachers via the podcast. I get a lot of comments on my Instagram. I get DMs on Instagram. Um, I love that. Sometimes I get emails. I love that kind of back and forth. I also love having other teachers on the podcast. Over the past couple of months in particular, I've had a number of guests on and just love sharing their stories with you. And also for me, meeting new teachers. So, you know, again, I know right now things might seem a little isolating and that's why I highly encourage you to come to the virtual teacher meetup. The more teachers we can get at this event, um, the more interactive it'll be and the more beneficial. And I really think it will feed your soul in a way that for so many of us as yoga teachers, we're looking for that connection right now. And um, what a great way to end the year. So I didn't mean for that one to turn into a little marketing blur, but again, just this topic of connecting with other teachers if this resonates with you as something that you would like to do more of, um, you know, not only listen here to the podcast, but reach out to me on Instagram and let's have a little back and forth conversation. I'm happy to do that. And then the last thing that I'm super grateful for is the opportunity to learn online. This has, of course, been turbocharged by the pandemic and the fact that uh, Yoga Alliance is recognizing online learning as um contact hours, CEUs, um, even aside from that, I mean, I'm not super focused on that aspect, just the mere fact to be able to learn online has opened so many doors for me personally, because, you know, quite frankly, financially and time-wise, prior to the pandemic, there was no way I could take advantage of as many things as I wanted to, um, because of the time involved to be away from my own business and the money involved, quite frankly. So right now, being able to do things with all sorts of different teachers who I love, who I don't often get to see in person, it's great to be able to see them online. So, you know, if you have been, I mean, at this date, I mean, this is now a year and a half into, you know, the pandemic, if you have not been taking advantage of online learning opportunities beyond just the one hour webinar of sorts, I would highly, highly recommend that you make 2022 your year to invest in your learning and to take advantage of the online learning platform. I mean, online learning has blown up even before the pandemic. I know as an online program creator, my blueprint learning program, I had that long before COVID. And during COVID, I saw a lot more students enroll, teachers who were really looking to leverage the fact that they could do things online as a way to learn. So with that, I wanted to just do a brief blurb about how to approach learning online because I actually, last week, if you listen to the podcast, you know that last week I did 
uh, a free workshop on concepts and exercise science that as yoga teachers are helpful for us to know. And I'm gonna go into a couple of those today on the podcast. After that free workshop, I opened the doors to my own program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program. And I had a teacher who reached out to me and I'm not gonna share this person's name. If this person is listening, they're probably gonna recognize themselves from the description. Um, and I wanna just acknowledge this person because it took a tremendous amount of courage for this teacher to share where they were at. And, um, and so, and when they did, it really got me thinking that this might be a barrier that you have, not just to enrolling in my program, but to enrolling in any sort of online program that's beyond just your kind of free one hour or a couple of hour type of workshop. And what this teacher said to me was, they're really concerned that they don't have what it takes to complete an online program. And this person went into a, a number of details that they saw as obstacles. The job that this person had was somewhat variable in terms of when they would be home. Um, their past history, it sounded like, was not great when it came to finishing things. Um, this person described themselves as someone who needed the structure of in-person learning. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit because my sense is that this is oftentimes a barrier for teachers who want to enroll in my program or other programs, and yet these kinds of things are in the way. So the first thing I want you to do is just note if this resonates with you. If you're someone who, I mean, I hate to use this term, but if you're sort of type A, if you're highly organized, if you're super driven and motivated, I mean, I identify with all those characteristics. So I, I've completed online programs with no support from anyone who was involved in creating the program, no problem. You know, and it's not just because I love learning, it's because I'm just highly organized. And I have, you know, a project management background and, and there's a lot of things that I bring to my approach to learning that comes from project management, quite frankly. I recognize that not everybody has that background. And I also recognize that for a lot of people, they look at their life as a series of projects that they didn't complete, whether it's that renovation on their house or cleaning out the garage or, or that fitness plan they wanted to finish or um, you know, learning how to manage their finances, understanding the stock market, starting that side hustle, whatever it is, right? So it's not just about online learning. I think for some people, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, you can send me a DM on Instagram or comment on my Instagram when I post about the podcast. You know, I think that some people look at their lives as a series of unfinished things and it becomes part of their identity. You know, did you ever hear somebody say, well, I'm not really good at math or I'm not really good at numbers or I'm not really good at dieting or I'm not really, I mean, that's a bad example. Uh, I'm not really good at singing. I'm not a good singer or <laughs> maybe that's a silly one. I think the numbers and math is probably a better one. You know, and so these kinds of things become ingrained in our identity, that sense of who we are. And so if that's where you are right now in terms of looking at yourself, I want you to just kind of acknowledge that and then ask yourself, is that really true, right? Is there something that you can point to in your life that you have finished? And even if 
you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? You planned a party and you held the party and it was great. You, you tried a new recipe and you cooked dinner for someone and you followed the steps to do that. Um, you, you, you know, reorganized your workspace, whatever it is. It could be a small project, a middle, a middle size or a larger project. Take a look and see, are there some things that you can point to that you completed? And along with that, really taking a deeper dive into where does that identity come from, that I'm not a person who can finish things. Uh, and sometimes that can come from your family. Maybe you were raised in an environment where, you know, that was part of how your parents were or your siblings were. Um, maybe that was part of your experience in grade school and high school and college. And so I'm not saying, you know, that there isn't some truth to it. I guess what I'm suggesting is, is it possible for you to loosen your attachment to that as being a forever part of who you are? And the other thing that you can you can think of is, you know, when I mentioned project management before, I mean, you know, I used that approach when I worked in corporate. The thing that you can take from project management when it comes to online learning is this idea of chunking it out. You know, it's interesting, I recently, um, well, not recently, earlier this year, I bought a course on Facebook ads <clears throat> and it's the best investment I ever made. It's most the most fantastic course that makes sense of a process that it's very, very confusing and always changing and detail oriented and, and certainly very daunting. And when I purchased the course, I did what I typically do, which is I went through the entire course in a brain dump fashion. And then what I do is as I am going to place a Facebook ad, I refer back to the course and I go into certain modules that answer questions that I have about how I'm going to place the ad I'm looking at placing on that particular day. And, you know, a lot of times what people think of when they invest in an online program is they think of it as a once and done type thing, rather than chunking out how they're going to use it. So one approach to any online learning program is you can chunk it out because let's face it, they're all set up. I mean, my program is set up in 10 modules. So the best way to approach my program is to simply set a time frame for when you're going to complete module one and then module two and on and on and on. And the really cool thing is that you get to set that time frame. You don't have to show up on a particular date or time like you do with online learning. So there's actually way more freedom when you're learning in the online space than when you're learning in person. And for people who want to have more support, the best thing you can do is invest in a program that gives you the opportunity to get live support. If like me with this Facebook uh, course I bought, there was no live ongoing support. So I had to know going into buying it that I could self-regulate, self-monitor and do it on my own. And I knew I could do that. For someone else, they might want to invest in a program where they can set specific dates to talk to the course creator. In this case, it would be me. And that is an option that I offer with my own program. 
that you can set up coaching calls on particular dates. And then that way you have those dates already in your calendar. And you know, between today and three weeks from now, I need to have module one and two done because I'm going to get on the phone with Karen. We're going to do a Zoom call. We're going to go over the content. So that's a way that you can create some structure around something that maybe to you seems like, oh, it's in the online world. It kind of seems like it's ether, right? It's just like space out there rather than what most teachers are used to, which is learning in person. Now, I am not, not saying that it's exactly the same as learning in person. What I'm simply saying is number one, there's a way to create structure around it. And number two, one of the really wonderful things is you always have the information to refer back to. Before COVID, when all we had was in-person learning, we would go learn and go home. If you needed to refer to anything, all you had was your notebook. So now we have videos we can refer back to. We have the course creator like me that you can get in touch with forever and continue to have dialogue with and learn from. So in my opinion, honestly, if, if the, well, the bottom line, in my opinion, it's actually better. Um, and of course, you're going to supplement with in-person learning, but I would just say not to discount it. And, you know, the last thing I'll say on this piece is to really don't lose sight of what you want to gain from whatever the program is that you're going to invest in or thinking of investing in. Because the bottom line is, you wouldn't be thinking about it. Like this teacher that, that sent me an email last night, they wouldn't have been thinking about it if they weren't interested for some reason in increasing their learning, in learning, in my case, the anatomy for yoga teaching. And the bottom line is, if you have an interest in learning something, it's because you recognize you have a learning gap. And to fill in that gap means you're going to have so much more available to you in this case, to share with your students. You're going to have better skill at teaching, at, at sharing cues, at building sequences, at answering their questions that they ask you about the body and the practice. And so don't lose sight that the reason, the whole reason you're potentially starting to feel unsure about investing in an online program is because you know you want to learn something. And that is a good thing. And you want to feed that, uh, feed that um, interest and, and really see it through. So that's my little blurb about online learning. I wanna just, um, you know, in today's, I'm not gonna go over everything because you would have had to come to the workshop to, to hear all of it. Um, I'm probably gonna be repeating this workshop again in December when I relaunch my program in December. So if you missed um, the workshop last week, you can most likely join the December one. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to present to you a couple of concepts in exercise science that are helpful for yoga teachers to know. And what I want to do first is I want to just talk about why exercise science. You know, the first thing that uh, I want you to recognize is that as yoga teachers, the, the piece that we're usually taught is anatomy and and that's good and that's important and when we think about the musculoskeletal system we definitely need to understand anatomy anatomy is i is defined as the identification of the parts of the structure of humans um and so this is really where most yoga teachers you know sit in terms of their understanding of the body and that's really all that they're exposed to but there are three other areas of movement 
learning that we can dive into and, and probably even more than that. And I know there's more than that, but these are the, the other three in addition to anatomy that I focused on uh, in the workshop. The second one is exercise science. And exercise science is defined as theory-based research-led discipline. And it addresses health problems related to inactivity. So think about exercise science as being backed by science. <laughs> and once you're backed by science, what are you including? You're including research, you're including data, you're including information from studies done, you're including looking at things across a wide sw swath of people for trends that are backed by, you know, research science data. And so this makes it, you know, very different than just looking at the parts, which is what, which is what is in anatomy. And then we have Kinesiology. Kinesiology is defined as the study of human movement through understanding mechanics, physiology, and anatomy. So it's a little bit more of a blend. And then we've got biomechanics, which considers how forces act on the musculoskeletal system and how the tissues respond to those forces. And so when we talk about forces, we're talking about things like stress, strain, and load. And these may be words you're unfamiliar with. You know, you may think about stress, like most people think about it, like, oh, stress, the stress that comes with the fight or flight response. And you may think of strain, like, oh, I strained my back. This is different. <laughs> you know, there is a healthy way to think about stress and strain, and it has to do with tissue deformity and not deformity in a bad way, deformity in a good way. When we're walking around, our tissues are being deformed. When we use, do different yoga poses and we weight our body differently in terms of its relationship to gravity, there's different strain and stress and load that is put upon our joints and our muscles and that kind of thing. So that's all part of biomechanics. What we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on a couple of concepts that come to us from the exercise science world. And this can be helpful for yoga teachers to learn because it helps us understand certain things we might see in our students as they practice that we might think of as improper alignment, but it actually is something that can be understood when you look at it through the lens of human movement in, as, as other disciplines look at human movement. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was in a workshop, again, an online workshop, of course, yesterday, and the presenter was presenting a particular series of movements in a sequence that wasn't necessarily a yoga sequence. It was more a um, exercise sequence, like a fitness sequence. And one of the yoga teachers wrote in the chat, I didn't think you were supposed to uh, rotate in a back bend, something along those lines. So, that was something that that person had learned in their alignment portion of their yoga teacher training. And it's really interesting because there's nothing in the mechanics of the body that suggests we shouldn't rotate and backbend at the same time. However, when we look at things, quite frankly, in a very rigid way from an alignment perspective, we begin to develop some assumptions as yoga teachers that certain movements are bad. Like even all the, you know, kind of frowning upon that goes with hunching, hunching over your computer, hunching. There's nothing inherently wrong with internal rotation of the shoulders. <laughs> it's just that when you do it a lot, that becomes a problem. It's the same thing with the sitting is the new smoking. You know, standing is the new smoking too, if you're standing all the time. So I really want you guys to be much more able um, to discern when you hear things like this, that's kind of clickbaity. Uh, I want you to be able to really question 
everything from the perspective of healthy questioning and going out there and looking for the answers. Um, so these two concepts, or actually these three concepts we'll go into today, just briefly come from exercise science. The first one is proprioception. And proprioception is defined as the cumulative sensory input to the central nervous system from all the mechanoreceptors that sense body position and limb movement. And that comes from that definition and all the definitions you'll hear today come from the NASM uh, Essentials of Personal Fitness Training uh, and it's edition 2017. And NASM is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I have my certification from them and my exercise science certification from them. Um, and I got all the data <clears throat> in this presentation from, from their manual which I used as part of my initial training. So this idea of cumulative sensory input, you can think of it as you're out there moving around, you're running, you're practicing yoga, you're walking down the street, your body is getting input from, as I said here, the mechanoreceptors. And mechanoreceptors are literally in your muscles and they are different structures that communicate to the central nervous system about limb position, about touch, about um, uh, temperature, different aspects of just your being are communicating to the brain and spinal cord. <clears throat> and it's via these structures that are in your muscles. And so an example, you know, let's say you're running <clears throat> and you're not looking at your feet as you run, but you're running down the street and you're aware of where your feet are. In a yoga pose, it's very um, much a part of our yoga practice because we're moving our limbs in space, but we don't always see our limbs as we're moving around. As a teacher, you might be cueing your students to a particular limb. And if you're not aware as you're cueing them that it's a limb that they can't actually see, that's something really helpful to be aware of because the student may be at a disadvantage if their skill set around proprioception is not particularly honed they may have a challenge applying your cue to their body if it's to a limb that is not in their line of sight and a good example of that is half moon if you're cueing to the back leg in the air because the student can't see it unless they tilt their head down um taking their head out of alignment it it is not a limb that they can see. So it's just something to be aware of as part of the body's movement system. The next concept is the concept of an agonist. And I've talked about this, I think, in other episodes. I had a particular episode I did about how muscles work, and this came up. So an agonist is a muscle that acts as the prime mover. And I tagged onto the definition in an exercise or a yoga pose, because agonists is basically defining the role of a muscle in a movement. So if I pick up a, a teacup, my elbow bends or flexes and my biceps and my brachialis muscle that crosses the elbow joint, they both are acting as the agonist in the act of elbow flexion. And so it's the muscle that's doing the work. A synergist is a muscle that assists the prime mover in a joint action. So you notice I just referenced not just the bicep and elbow flexion as I pick up my teacup, but I also referenced the brachialis, which is a smaller muscle you might be unfamiliar with that crosses the elbow joint. That's assisting, it's assisting the bicep in 
elbow flexion. And so this together, the biceps and the brachialis are known as synergists. They are working together. In a yoga pose, when a student's in warrior one, the gluteus maximus is the prime mover of hip extension of the back leg. And that action is assisted by the hamstrings, which act as a synergist for hip extension. And there's a lot of examples of that, but you know that's just one example of muscles that act together in a particular movement. And this is important for yoga teachers to understand um, because it, in when you come to the next workshop, you'll hear about sometimes these synergists can kind of get off track in terms of they're not contributing equally to a particular movement. One is overtaking the other. And that can definitely lead to movement challenges and things that we might see as yoga teachers that we might think are out of alignment issues, but really are issues that reside in an altered relationship between muscles that should, in an ideal scenario, be acting equally as synergists to create a particular joint movement. So <laughs> that's where I'm going to stop for today. Those were just two concepts and some definitions about um, different areas of study of the body. And keep, uh, keep your ears open. I'll certainly announce it here on the podcast for when the next free workshop is. Uh, and again, I do think for December, I'm going to repeat this one. This one uh, was a lot of fun to do and I got a lot of good feedback. So I want to, I want to reshare this and, and have more teachers join and hear this, uh, this whole presentation. So don't forget, check out the um, virtual classes page on my website. I would love, love, love to see you in class. And when you join, please, you can write in the comments, write in the chat box, or just unmute yourself and let me know that you're a podcast listener. I would love to, to meet you visually. Um, and the other thing I want to let you know is at the end of my podcast here, you're going to hear a little blurb about a mini course I have on anatomy called the mini blueprint learning program. And I want to let you know between now and December 1st is the last time frame within which you can get it at the introductory price of just $27 because the price is going to be going up. When I launched it three weeks ago, it really was an intro price point, much less than the program is actually worth. It's actually a carbon copy of my full program. It's just that for each module, I present a mini lesson. Um, and so the value of this program is much more than it's priced at. However, for its introduction, I wanted to give uh, folks a chance to take advantage of it. And um, so initially I launched it at $27, which is very, very low and just an introductory offer. So if you're interested in grabbing that, listen to the outro here on the podcast. You'll hear how you can uh, get it. All you have to do is go to my website, quite, quite frankly, and you'll see the online courses page. Know though that between now and December 1st is the last time you'll be able to get it at the low price of $27 before the price goes up on December 1st. So uh, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, um, any other gathering of friends and family at any time, quite frankly, I want to just wish you all the best, your family all the best, good health. Uh, I just want to wish you everything that you possibly desire. I want to thank you so much for listening here to the podcast and just remind you, please send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know any feedback you have about the podcast. I would love to hear from you. 
And I look forward to connecting with you on the podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening and namaste. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27, so the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses, and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast, and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.